thank you for joining us for the Colorado PGA's Elevation Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Champion, and I'm the section's Education and Membership Director. My co-host is Player Engagement Director and PGA of America Golf Professional, Peter Weissel. Our guest for this episode is Gavin Parker, the teaching professional at Salisbury Country Club in Midlothian, Virginia. I was introduced to Gavin through Peter, who used to coach with him in Virginia. Gavin is a PGM graduate from Campbell University and listed on the future Golf Digest Best Coaches for the State of Virginia. He was selected for the 2020 Virginia State Golf Association Grow the Game Award. If you're active on social media platforms like Instagram and TikTok, you may know him by a different name. He's the CEO of Junior Golf. At the time of recording, over 10 million people had viewed the hashtag CEO of Junior Golf. What began as a fun shoot for the stars kind of goal has become a platform for elevating junior golf and human development in our current culture. Staying relevant, relatable, and real are some of the highlights of how Gavin uses his platform to impact the lives of the juniors he coaches. Learn more in this episode of the Elevation Podcast. Gavin Parker, Peter Weitzel, thank you both so much for joining us on this episode of the Elevation Podcast, focused around human development. Um, Gavin, I'd just love for you to tell us a little bit about who you are and what your golf journey has been like so far. Hey, so thank you so much for having me, Holly and Peter. I appreciate you guys. But uh, my golf journey is, uh, I started playing golf when I was 12 years old. My dad kind of got me hooked into golf. I uh, fell in love right away. It was like the sound of a stick hitting a ball for me. Got me just absolutely hooked. Um, I was kind of trash for a while in golf. Like I don't like I wasn't really good right away. <laughs> it took me a while to kind of get nice at it. Um, around like 15 years old, I kind of got like coached out of being really good at golf. Um, so I never really got like um, uh, never really improved in my golf skills, but I always enjoyed like just being outside. Um, polish shirt on, just playing G. Went to Campbell University where I studied professional golf management and business administration. And I've been a PJ member since 2016, specifically fall 2016, because March 1st, 2016 is when I met that boy Peter Weitzel right there at the little Op 36 trading. And uh, I remember I bailed on the PGA meeting where you get like announced to your section in front of everybody for the first time <laughs> to go to that trading, Peter. And my dad was so mad, bro. He was like, no, dude. I was like, it's all good. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I, I've been teaching junior golf since um, I was literally like uh, 2013. So now it's 2023 and I've been teaching junior golf for like a decade. Um, and I, I, I think it's like the greatest profession that there is to be a junior golf coach. I didn't know you were a Camel grad. I passed my PAT on Campbell's golf course. I went to oh. Oh, Tom, Holly, yeah, Keith Hills. I got some homies with the Methodists. Yeah, only 45-minute uh, drive away. You guys were really close. Really close, yeah. Okay, Holly, that's beautiful. Fun stuff. Um, yeah. So, Peter, how, how did you and Gavin get to know each other? Um, so, as Gavin just mentioned, uh, we were we went through one of the first Operation 36 trainings together um, about seven years ago. Um, so I met Gavin and Andrew Brewer and a lot of Campbell guys. Uh, and Gavin at, was and still is teaching in Virginia. Uh, so he was just and so was I. 
at the time. So just a couple hours away, he was actually working near where my in-laws live. So um, we kept in touch. We wound up going to seminars together, PGA show, things like that. And um, just because of uh, kind of, we were a couple hours from each other, we kept seeing each other a few times a year, same section, and had the pleasure of um, teaching at Gavin's club as well, prior to moving out to Colorado four years ago. Um, able to watch him, uh, his kind of personality in person with the kids, which is, was, is awesome to see. And just the, uh, the programs never, uh, never got to see it, uh, at independence teach, but at Salisbury do just an awesome job creating a culture of fun and learning, uh, that the kids get behind. Obviously they're going to, they're going to, they can tell when someone's fake. So, uh, they get behind it. And then, uh, then the parents and, and the club members do as well, which is super yeah. fun, but we've known each other for a while now, which is, which is pretty hard to believe. Yeah. Long time, bro. I know. <laughs> so, Gavin, you are known on social media, social media really well. Um, you're known as the CEO of Junior Golf. Tell me a little bit about how that came about. Yeah, so the origin, of, it was um, like March 2020. TikTok is booming. Um, and a lot of like real viral videos, you know, it's like a lot of the captions said like CEO of like this dance or CEO of this, this, um, this song. So I was like, dang, let me be CEO of junior golf. And then as it kind of like came into like a little bit of like a person, I kind of created this, uh, CEO, uh, means chief energy officer of junior golf and just became like a tagline and a handle. Um, and that brought a lot of attention and awareness for junior golf. And as of right now, like the hashtag CEO of junior golf on TikTok has over like 10 million uh, like views. So if you like that's so many people have like laid eyes on CEO of junior golf like content, which is kind of cool, um, especially what I do with junior golf. So uh, it's, it's neat to be a part of this 24 seven media scope. So I was like, yo, let me let me get on there. So that's how kids are consuming entertainment. Yo, let me be the face of junior golf instruction or just golf hopefully is what it evolved to now but that's where it started it's like yo in order to be Gavin Flow who you know now it's like I was the CEO of junior golf and then now I'm able to like globally kind of you know start off as juniors now it's like oh all golf so it's that's kind of how we got here I love that chief energy officer and from just our short time of talking I know that you bring a lot of energy to what you do um, Peter getting us connected. That was one of the first things that he said stuck out about you was just the energy and the personality that you bring to teaching golf, I think is something that every coach on the planet could really learn from. Cause I think you're, you're just a blast to teach, to, uh, to hear from, um, when you, you kind of jumped on the TikTok bandwagon and jumped into social media, did you have a goal of becoming an influencer? Yeah, those are people who really know me from the beginning. Like, you can ask Andrew Brewer right now, Peter. It's like, I told my entire cohort at uh, Campbell University, like, the very first semester when you always have, like, the PJMSA meetings, we had this keynote speaker come in, Keith Stewart. And I remember he was, like, talking about, like, setting goals and, like, where you want to be. And, like, out of everyone, he, like, pointed at me. It was like, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? And I was like, y'all be the next Michael Breed. And everyone was like, what the, f- like, what the flip? Like, I can't believe it. And I was like, yeah. Um, so, like, I've always wanted to be, like, a performer. And I found, like, the fastest way to get here and opportunities to that is just social media. So I started off just by making a habit of, like, posting every day to, like, a year to social media. 
Um, and that started August 18th, 20, um, 2017, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a lot. 2018. August 17th, 2018. I posted every day for a year. And at that point, I had like 386 followers on Instagram. I uh, posted every day for one year. I got to like 1,100. And then I posted for another year. Again, I got to like 3,300. So then like in 2020, uh, I think I had like just got to 5,000. Uh, and then it wasn't until 22, like it got to like 150,000. Um, but it's like the goal was never to really be an influencer. It was just kind of just creating content. And it just started with um, TikTok. Uh, but it really started on Instagram and it just really started from just like friendship and like ideas and people was like, yo, Gavin, you should try this, like try to say golf's not that hard. And next thing you know, it's like, I'm getting opportunities to have influence over others, but I never was trying to be like an influencer. I've always tried to build, um, a community here where I develop human beings for the country club with just like my affectious personality and just being a little bit more um, jubilant and exuding a little bit more joy than normal people would. And for some reason that sought us as like extra. It was like, I just like a bare minimum thing I just try to do. And it's kind of cool that now people disguise this like I'm an influencer. It was like, yeah, I guess, but I'm really trying to like build something. Um, I'm trying to go beyond just like, yeah, buy this shirt. <laughs> it's comfy. <laughs> I definitely say you have uh, organically become an influencer since since I was introduced to you. I started following your Instagram, and um, if anybody listening is interested, he is definitely an entertaining follow, but has really got some good golf tips. Um, it's it breaks it down into short videos that are really easy to follow and have got entertainment to them, so they're really easy to watch, and you can just kind of scroll through the accounts. So it's really good. Thank you, Holly. Um, so changing gears a little bit, um, when you and I first spoke, you were really focused and you put a lot of emphasis in the fact that your job is human development. You're a junior golf coach. That's what you do. It's what you've been doing for a decade or more. But everybody who sees this episode when it releases is going to notice the word human is in all capital letters. Tell me why that's so important to what you do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very simple. I think my junior golf program, what makes it special is like I am trying to uniquely um, develop human beings, but in a more culturally relevant version of the 21st century. And it's never my junior golf program, like Peter can attest to it. It's what's happening during those junior golf programs, right? So it's not the, oh, it's junior golf. It's like what's going on um, during this. And it's like we, we are so – focused on just trying to get kids to be a part of play, but like choreograph so that they, they know that it's okay to like become something else, like to, to play a role, to socialize with people who look like you, to kind of scream, to kind of shout with a stick in hand in your ball, uh, st- um, a stick in their hand and hitting it with a ball. And it's just, it's, 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 it allows kids to learn about themselves just because they're playing in a way that's allowing them to experience different motions. Like, Oh my God, I really want to win right now. Does that, is that bad because I'm nervous? Does that mean I'm a nervous person? So they be, they're able to have this like introspection at such a young age to look inside to figure out how they can learn and make meaning to like their environment or their feelings or their emotions or just others. And by doing that, by demonstrating some type of physical skill where you get to like hit something to see somewhere go something else, it's just it's 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 perfect recipe for just developing into um, somebody like 
thinks about others and just takes a little bit more time and more caring just because they, I don't know, they played more. The uh, Gavin, I think you just hit on something that's really important. Um, I know it's something I always emphasize when I'm teaching, uh, when I was teaching, but it's also important um, in the section side of things as well with all the different types of programs we run. It's that you have the opportunity as a coach, as an adult, to influence kids and help them experience uh, experience emotions. Like you're saying, is, is being nervous good? Does that make me a nervous person? You can provide a comfortable and safe environment for, the, for them to experience those things, learn about themselves, and then grow if you do a good job running a, a junior golf program uh, or a, a phenomenal youth football team. It, it's more than just the sport. Um, you've, you mentioned something that I really, I, I really liked during a previous co- uh, conversation, which was that you don't post tournament results. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I absolutely loved that because it's more about the overall human development versus just here's what our score is. Cause we've all shot a score that's lower than it felt like we played or we felt like we played well and our score just didn't quite meet. Uh, match up to our expectations yeah and i think for a lot of people in our profession are like as just people who um work with kids is that they own they lose sight that like play isn't just about progress or development like plays about creating um a community uh culture plays about uh like expressing yourself it doesn't just have to be about developing a school uh, a skill set so i think when when you say development like let's let's not just use the shallow term the easy one that's just to demonstrate someone's skill over a task uh which is not that hard to do if you build the right environment, you know, like you, 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 like that part becomes like, oh, man, just draw some like quotes on a board that say like, oh, core values. Like we we're really determined, like and then people just believe it. Like that, that piece is easy to play. But like, like, can you get a kid who doesn't want to be there or a kid who like this is their last stitch effort in a some type of organized sport is because like they don't like to run. So they're not good at soccer. They don't catch too well. So baseball is not their thing. Um, they don't want to do like gymnastics anymore just because like I, they're scared to go upside down. But their parents, specifically a dad, I'm speaking about a lot of girls is like they come out there and this is their space where they can just like want to be with a friend who's also outside. And if they have a stick in their hand, if they like use it to work together to like catch a unicorn where they have to like capture it or express taking a ball and moving in different mechanics than just like that way, you know, like it, it's amazing what can happen. Um, and that's what is developing. So now you're developing more people into this thing that we want. That's just like society because for some reason, like everything is like evolving or being disrupted. Like, man, commercials were great. So YouTube came out like, you know, um, Netflix really, really changed up like people, how they stream and now like everything streaming We're like golf was created like in the 1600s. Like what? Like, why do we try to teach it the same way? We're like people, how they consume golf nowadays, they want more entertainment and less about like, you know, everyone's talking about an experience. Like, can you play? Can you can you have fun? Can you make it family friendly? Well, like at the same end of the spectrum, if you want, like this is what kids want. Can you align yourself with these things? And that's gonna 
into something that becomes more than just, oh, this person's really, really good at golf. They're also good at life because they can use different parts of their brains to more than just golf skills. You know, everybody, what, what do you, what do your kids get out of like organized sports? Like what do all parents really want them to get out? It's like, hopefully they're excited about something right now in this moment um, that they like want to get, like they care about the outcome. Like that's, that's what you, you know, they want to be a part of something. Um, the fastest way to do that is through play, um, but play wherever. It's uh, choices and freedoms and not just one way to do it. Cause now you're not playing theater. You're doing a task and tasks aren't fun. And for so many in golf, like it's only looked at development through progression. And most people think, Oh, it's through a task by doing it over and over. And then like add points to it. Oh, now it's a game. It's like, no, it's not. You're not playing. Like you need choices in order to play. Yeah. You're, you're not just uh, talking about, physical development you're talking about mental development emotional development as as people and you're right like that's why so many people don't practice that play they play golf but they don't practice because why because their idea of practice is standing on a driving range repeating the exact same task with a seven iron 50 times until you get it right which is just a great way to put your mind to sleep yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, and it, and it's, it, it's crazy. Like you, you like, unless you have spacing or variability or check or like challenges, you're, you can't even uh, develop the skills necessary to recall it again. Cause there's no interleaving. Like you never let go of it. So you can recall it. So like, you're not even going to get better at developing into a golfer that way. So like, that's why at the same side of the spectrum, I'm using constraint-based coaching where kids are actually developing into good golfers as well. But it's because we're using play constraints and they're getting so much more meaningful touches because there's intent behind it, which is opposite of what Peter was saying about just like they're just going to the range like hitting balls. Like that's cool, but unless there's like meaning and intent between every single shot, then it doesn't correlate. So that's why I guess people rather just play golf instead of practice golf what you rather play than practice then why do you have kids out here doing these freaking drills that's how play <laughs> you know it's, it's crazy oh like, i've been guilty i've been guilty of that once or twice yeah <laughs> like i'm literally out here just playing and like people are getting mad it's like you're not developing my kids it's like well actually you really don't need anybody to teach any human being how to swing something they kind of do it through like uh varied abilities of constraints oh you got to keep it like it's crazy <laughs> so i mean the, with the time that I've spent with you at Salisbury and, and obviously yeah. we spent time at seminars, but seeing you in kind of your own, like your own, the own little world that you're in kind of week in, week out where I was just a guest. Um, it's something I always thought was really neat was because I've experienced on my end the why do you have a, a kind of negative reaction from a membership or general public about why are these kids doing that n- near my putting green uh, or I'm unfortunately thinking of one interaction early on in my career, um, which thankfully I had the support of the my boss. Uh, so it didn't lead to anything. But you have the buy-in. You kind of have created a culture in, uh, at Salisbury uh, where, where you work in Richmond, Virginia, or mid, sorry, Midlothian, uh, Virginia. And uh, you have got the buy-in from the kids, but you have the buy-in from a lot of the families, at least the ones that I've interacted with. I mean, heck, even when I was running tournaments for the State Golf Association, um, people, knew, people knew you because they'd gone through your programs. I'm thinking of like Jackson. And um, you, you just you create you create a positive environment that people want to return to, uh, which is 
really valuable. I mean, that's thank you, man. Both from a, a, a kind of social standpoint as well as a business development standpoint. Uh, returning customers are a heck of a lot easier than trying to find new ones. So, yeah, yeah bravo, yeah. bravo to you for doing something that's a bit different, a bit more kind of cutting edge, and finding a way to make it really impactful on uh, on kids' lives as well as the families that you work with. Man, thank you, man. So, Gavin, you talked a couple of times about, you know, creating an environment uh, for positivity, for growth, for development. And you kind of mentioned a little bit about the vibe that you go for. What is your ideal vibe for coaching and how do you create that? Wow. Ideal vibe for coaching is like effortless effort where everyone's kind of continuously on the same pace. Nothing's forced. It's kind of coming to you. They're all kind of the sense like there's a little bit of anticipation to like something greater is about to happen. There's a little bit of, oh, ah, oh, ah, like I got a chance. But the first vibe is like, you got to, what's in it for me? Like, you got to explain to the kids, like, what's in it for me? Why am I here? What is up? So you got to set the hook, Holly. Like, that's what we're doing from the jump. It's not just, oh, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to learn the grit. You know, like, no way. It's from the jump. It's like, yo, y'all see this hat I got on? Yeah, I know it's safe flow. We're giving out eight of these today. You want to find out how? Okay, I thought you would never listen. Here we go. What you got to do, you got to make a putt, stop into this hole. But you got to be the seventh person to do it. They're all like, what? Yes, the seventh person. We're going to do this eight times. Whoever gets the seventh one in, guess what they get? <laughs> oh, but right now, um, you see how I'm putting from like five feet away? That's what you get if you win um, a victory point. And if you can win 10 victory points, you'll be five feet away. But right now, everyone's 100 feet. How do you win a victory point, coach? Oh, check this out. You guys see how I got all these raised balls over here to this flat, like, that's what coaching needs to understand for junior golf. It's like you can't just walk in there. Kids, like Peter said it earlier, if you're not having fun, they're not having fun. And, like, Holly, the setup is the game. That's a dear friend of mine, Richard Franklin. I'm going to explain that. The setup is the game. So if you can build an environment that kids want to do, but it's also allowing them to experience it in a high rate via, like, turn order, like how they're going to play it, because most golf programs for kids is always like you go, I go, which is golf. Peter hits a shot. Holly hits a shot. I'm going to hit a shot. All right. Who's ever the farthest away? The play is going to be to that person. But they try to bring that same turn order to like practicing or being outside of the actual environment of golf, like to the range, to the putting green. And that's always like, all right, you hit a shot. I hit a shot. That's horrible for kids. So then we try to build a turn order that's a little bit different. Like, yo, we can do like that's turn order, Holly, which is, hey, have some type of a primary play loop, such as hitting a putt, hitting a chip, hitting a full swing. Like that's the primary play loop I want kids to do. In order to get them to keep doing that, they need a secondary loop, such as, um, hey, we're going to have a race. Who's in first place? Who's going to in last place? Um, who has the most points? Who's winning? Like sometimes, like, how do I – or here's a unicorn. Throw a ring on it. I'm capturing it. You know what I'm saying? That's the secondary play loop, Peter. Or, hey, this is Lunar Landing. Let me move my spaceship from 20 to 5. Like, there's got to be 
a secondary thing because I did this that allows me to do that. And that explains if I'm winning or losing or not, not the how far I'm hitting the ball, how many have I made. Does that kind of make sense? So that's a batch turn order. So kids really like that. So that keeps them playing for longer. Or you can have um, rapid fire, which I think every kid between the ages of four and 10 need is like, hey, all you weirdos are going at the same time. Hit 50 <laughs> shots. Like there's no, oh, hit three and switch. Hit three. It's like, no, all eight of y'all are going crazy right now. Let's all hit eight shots. Oh, time, time, time. Let's see how you did. So that's another reason why if you're going to do a primary play loop, are you, is it going to be you go, I go, or is it going to be everyone goes at once? Is it going to be rapid fire? But then one of the most important ones, though, is like how you build anticipation. It's like, uh-oh, ready, aim, fire, do it. Ooh, okay, Holly got one. Peter got one. Gavin, ah, ready, aim, fire, do it. Oh, we got two. Like, so that style works great. And then finally, if you want to build some excitement, that's when you can say, "Uh uh-oh, it's just your turn, Holly. So, like, I think coaches need to understand in order to get a vibe first, you need to set up, like, everything you're going to do for the day, not just this hour class. Like, how do you visualize an ending? How do they win? Um, And then in order to do that, you probably need some type of putting station. You need some type of chipping station. You need some type of full swing station. And then most importantly, you need a theme. Like you got to set the hook. You need a speaker. You got to pump tunes. Um, But most importantly, you got to be able to control resources. Like kids need like if they're going to do rapid fire, don't let them go longer than four minutes because after four minutes, they need to know like where they're standing. If you're not doing rapid fire, you want to do like a more batch turn order because there's a primary and a secondary play loop. Maybe let a kid hit between like five and eight shots. So that way they get enough before they're not bored, but it's not too much where they're like, oh, I don't, I'm done, you know. Um, but the, that's the level that coaches need to get into, not just, oh, these kids need to putt today. Let's do another distance control game. Oh, let's do another. Like, they can't just keep doing that. But then I can blend all those into one. And without saying anything boring, if you can build that environment that's it's stip, like stimulating, but they also understand why they got to do it. And I think that's what coaches don't do is because it takes hard work. It's not just this like, oh, I'm just going to do this eight-kick clinic, and it's just, you know, grip it here, keep your head down, bend your knees. Oh, that will be $50, please, mom and dad. That's what we did today. Because at the other side of the spectrum, Holly, and Peter can attest to this too, it's so hard to articulate to a mom or a dad, like, oh, did you have fun today? Yes, but what did you learn? Uh, I don't know, because it's not school. You know what I'm saying? Learning a golf skill is messy. Like you just can't go. I learned X today. Like it's it's messy. It's unique. It's 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 so hard to articulate that. But like if you can, do, hey, I want a flow hat today. How'd you want a flow hat? I had to make it to the hole. You had to make it into a hole. Yeah, from like fifty feet away, mom. What? Like so obviously, in order to do that, you know they're probably holding the club some amount. Of, like it, they get it. Like, but they can explain that because they played a game. So that's why we need as coaches to like learn like the environment's everything like if you can set up the training environment beautiful things can happen and it's never the environment it's what happens during that environment that makes it special like and that's the sauce for coaches and i think when coaches can start um trying to look at more of the states of play instead of the traits of play I'm going to say that again. If coaches can think more of like the states of play 
instead of the traits of play. Like, oh, a trait, the kid's really good at hitting a seven iron. Oh, they can hit it low. But, like, what creates the conditions or the states to do is, like, oh, my God, did you did you spike their serotonin levels to make them want to release it? Like, did they almost get it? Did they almost get, like, can they, like how do you create that state? How do you create, create, create the scenario that gives the kids the opportunity to experience, oh, my God, this is the game breaker. This is the buzzer beater. This is five seconds left. It's it's my turn. Like, that, that mental state will – demonstrate the traits that you want any skill anybody to like be after and like can you do that for a kid that's never played golf before and also a kid who plays golf every day but then also that like super just athletic kid who she's good at everything she does but you know she's only here because there's other girls here and then what do you do for that kid who'd rather be reading harry potter but they're all playing this game together and they all have a chance to win like that's that that's that's what we can provide if you do junior golf right, and that's what the environment and the vibe coaches should create. And I'm sorry, I just went on for like six minutes, but oh I didn't answer the question. And honestly, uh, today I learned I was a super boring junior golf coach when I coached. <laughs> I was the coach that you said you used as a bad example. I was like, okay, guys, today we're gonna learn about the grip. And that is terrible. Oh, uh-huh. that's why I don't coach anymore because my uh, my passion was not to the level it needed to be in that, and I recognize that because you have the level of passion that I think it takes to teach kids all day, every day, and that's amazing. Thank you, Holly. But it's also like it's this isn't sustainable. Like Peter can attest to it. Like Peter's watched me. But I was doing it by sheer brute force where we had like nothing against anybody, but we had like literally pool noodles and we had to convince kids that this is a house and it's on fire. <laughs> Holly. And how we were able to and like Holly, these kids like 12, 13, 14, like I'm pretty sure like these kids like, yo, what? And I got a whiteboard, it's like, yeah, this is fire. Like and now. And, like, I was able to make that lit only because I'm 23, 24, 25. But, like, now, you know, I'm 30. I – that, like, now I get, like, look different when I was teaching 12, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds when I was 23, 24, 25. Like, I don't look like – so now if I don't start learning how to – create an environment that then creates the fun or the passion by hopefully getting younger people who are game engineers, Holly. Cause that's the other side of it is like, I'm also answering like the kids like Peter and I, who we weren't studs as junior golfers, but we also aren't trash. Maybe we don't want to play in college, but we'll still do something in golf. Like I have game engineers who are 18 to 22 years old, Holly, and they play club golf at their college or they'll play like every other weekend. But they're still in the game of golf, but they're now game engineers. They know how to create skill acquisition through a veritability amongst task constraints because that's what my game engineers are doing with all my games. Um, but those things become the passion. So now kids can still have fun because I, this isn't sustainable. You know, it's like I, I can't just brute force day in and day out. I was like, yo, here we go. I'm going to get 50 kids fired up for golf because you know how hard that is? Like, Golf is still pretty whack, you know, unless I have that or I have all these things. It's like I got I got all these games and music and it's me and I'm still getting thrashed by screens. You know, like I'm not with it. Like 
Winter is coming. The night kick. Like it's it's over for me. Like I ain't got no dragon glass. Like like I put in my whole heart every day, and like I'm still like, oh, Gavin. Like it cracks me up. I won like the Grow the Game Award in 2021 for like the state of Virginia. And like in my little Chesterfield County, there's like 137 kids between the ages, uh, 137,000 kids between the ages like eight and like 14. And like I got the award because I teach like 150 of them. And they're like, this guy's growing the game. You know, like, <laughs> but they're like, yo, you're so good. I was like, bro, I'm, it's it's like so like, and I don't think coaches realize that because like the gatekeepers of golf think golf itself is the greatest thing ever. It's like, no, it's not. Like, other than making the golf course smaller, what he done to get more kids playing the golf games? Like, yo, oh, I got this crazy idea. Yo, they're just gonna play from closer. Well, or yeah. like we're gonna put them on a team, but they not like they just playing like closer distances. Like what? Like that's all you doing? But something that a word that you were just uh referred to that you got in 2021, the uh, for the VSGA, the uh, like growth of the game award. Um, listening back to what you've been talking about uh, now for about 10 minutes or so, what I hear a lot of is intention and caring. Yeah. You you don't the 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 vibe, the persona that you have, first of all, my observation, you're you, which is awesome. Because so few people are willing, particularly in the golf world, which can be rather conservative it, from just like a, a personality standpoint. Um, it's you're yourself, unapologetically you, and you put a lot of effort. Your goal isn't to cram nine hours of instruction time into a day and call that a full day. You put a lot of time and passion and caring behind your uh, the setup, the environment that you're creating, and you're very aware of that. Um, it's something that, having been on kind of in my teaching career on multiple sides of that, both sides of that coin rather, where the business model says pack your day with private lessons because that's how you effectively get paid, uh, and then the other side of it, having done it, which is. You're gonna te- you're gonna teach three hours, four hours today, but that's gonna be your full day, and every hour of your day goes into those three hours of group classes. Um, not saying that one of those is better than is like necess- like it's not A and B. That's just my career personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, something that I when I talk to teaching pros is like, you know, cancel one of those lessons or two and put more time into that class, or that it might even be a private lesson. Were you because I've used some of Richard's games in private lessons before and had and had kids competing against themselves. It, you you change you change the kind of the risk reward a little bit, but like you can play uh oh gosh, not space invaders, what um uh, lunar, landing. lunar landing. You can get a, a really good high school kid competing against themselves in a way that you've never seen, or maybe two high school kids competing against themselves just throwing darts with wedges um, in a game that's all about distance control, but seeing yeah. them compete or practice in a way that they you've never seen them practice before just by showing them a game board with a few pieces and explaining the rules. Um, like, he, he doesn't get enough credit. Like, Richard Franklin, like, single-handedly ignited the flame to make myself improve as just a human and a coach or, like, somebody, like, who... Uh, like I really look at Holly, I'm like I'm a babysitter. Like that's what I am. Like that's the service. That's the industry. I'm I'm a babysitter. I'm just a really, 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 really good babysitter. Cause like we we play golf while we get babysit, and 
Like without this dude Richard Franklin, who Peter's talking about, it's like I wouldn't stand a chance to have these kids for hours and coming back. Cause like I thought I thought I was doing it. Like like what you said, Holly, same thing. I did it. Yo, guys, we're gonna taste the grip today. I can't like and I'm doing it for like like Holly. I knew that wasn't it when I'm doing it for like 60 kids. We'll actually finally get the kids who are like inner city. I brought them to the golf course. It's like, yo, guys, let's do it. And like, I'm like, whoa. Like, they actually want to be here, but this ain't it. Like, this isn't even now because I'm able to build, like, literally a carnival on my golf course. Like, I can house and make it accessible to everywhere because, like, I can teach golf in a field. I can teach golf in a room. Like, I don't even need a golf course anymore. And that's the accessible thing. And that could be something that can be cool. And then at the same time, you can utilize, like Peter said, and get high school kids involved. Like, it's like... This is the now the time to like move the goalpost of like what G O L F can mean. It's like, yo, junior golf isn't that anymore. It's this. So like we don't post tournament scores no more. Hashtag stop posting tournament scores. I have one little question for that. Yeah. How do your parents feel about the not posting of scores? Holly, golly. So honestly, I'll be honest. Um my summer camp is balling, but my year-round, like, yo, let's play kind of program isn't as popular as my offering for, yo, this is the Golf Flow Academy, and we're going to play in these matches, and this is our curriculum, and we're going to meet these times, and we're going to work at these skills. Because I'm at a country club, a lot of Class A. Um, there is a market for, quote-unquote, skilled or elite kids. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot who like under like yeah gavin makes golf fun gavin makes golf cool but and there's obviously parents who are like well i want my kid to get better i want them to do that so like i offer that because that's what you say you want and that's what you say your kid wants but then those things aren't aligned where it's like yeah the kid might possess skills that they they like hitting golf they like they know they can hit a golf ball well they know they're kind of good at hitting a golf ball well but do they really care about taking this golf ball and putting it into a hole faster than this kid better because their parents want them to be good at this arbitrary thing since it's golfing? But I'm, I like just, like, hitting golf holes with my friends. Like, there's no place for that kid to go unless they are want to go play golf, write it down on a scorecard. There's no offering for them because the, the thing's always, well, do you just doing this to have fun or are you doing this to be serious? For some kids, that's what fun is, to be serious. Like, it's, it's a, why do we, it's a weird place to, to cross from. So, yeah, I got to be able to articulate the mom. That's why I got to be able to know these games make sense because mom and dad's like, well, what are my kids doing? So, like, okay, you really want to get down to it? Your kid just hit 75 chip shots to the super small target for like 95 minutes today. And no, she didn't win any of the games, but I'm telling you right now, yes, she used a tennis ball and a snag club, but her win states of how many times she hit the ground in the same spot and made the ball go somewhere that was predictable, i.e. skill acquisition, dad. Um, yeah, she got it. Like, go give her a six iron right now and tell her to ball on the green. I bet she can do that. Instead of, oh, hit another six iron, get your grip right, get your stance and hit. Like, dude, I bet she can – Control, making a ball stop somewhere. Not I just like hit that. it. Well, uh, confidence, right? Yeah. 
put some put some of those super easy games in front of them. Put a snag club and a tennis ball in their hand. You're going to have a really really easy win, especially with beginners, especially with people who just don't have a lot of confidence. Give them some success right out of the gate, and that's how you get them hooked. Like how many times as golfers, the three of us. I've heard the saying like, oh, it's the good ones that make you come back. It's like the one in 10 shot or the one in 20 shot. You pure it on the driving range when you're at your wits end. And I, yep. Okay. I hit one great shot out of that bunch. I'm going to come back. Guarantee it. Like why not give kids 10 times that success rate and let them come back. They're not going to play in the masters next year. Give it, them the success. It, it, yeah. It's, I don't understand. It blows my mind. It's like, yeah, I know nothing I'm going to say or do can you know, like trying to change anything is challenging. Uh, that's no. what you Richard Franklin with discover golf. I don't think we've said discover golf yet. That's Richard's business. Um, he, <clears throat> you and Richard and other people that are focusing on actual play and changing golf uh, for the better. Uh, it's not always an easy process. Nothing new is ever adopted um, quickly or or effortlessly, uh, which I think is really important for anyone listening to understand there might be something cool that you're taking away from what Gavin's saying today or something you might think is a really great idea at your course or your club and maybe a couple people like it, but you're still getting those questions from parents. Could be even be an adult program and you're getting questions from the spouse that like their spouse has signed up for the program and uh, they, they're asking you like, well, I expected kind of A, B and C when I signed up for this because you've won this award. Uh, but I'm getting this other product. What is it? So something that I think um, I've witnessed in your career um, I, uh, has been your confidence has grown. And that's not there's a confidence is very different than cockiness or arrogance. Um, I think sometimes people get those things confused, but I, I can at least speak for myself. When I was 23, yeah, I, I was running on just like energy and I'm going to out enthusiasm people. Um, but I know at, at myself 10 years ago, I did not have the confidence in myself to take a discover golf game or some variant of it or a new idea. Birdie basics is another great example. I did not have the confidence. Even if someone said this program exists, you can run it. You just have to do it. And that's one of the things that grows over time. And I've seen it grow. You kind of develop over time is that confidence in you and what you believe in, which is really, I mean, it's great to see. And I think anyone who's has friends in, in any industry can agree when they see, when they see their friends kind of developing that confidence and that uh, developing into their kind of true self. Um, it, it's always really enjoyable to watch. I mean, that's why I've enjoyed watching your career uh, develop, but I kind of, as far as those parent interactions, like I just would, when I was 23, I was in, I was like an apprentice. I, I just like fold over to the, what the parents wanted. You want grip? I'll give you grip. It's going to bore the kids, but I'll give you grip. All the grip you want. All right. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, once I got into my late 20s thir uh, and 30s, met, uh, met more people who actually understood how humans learn and how to create positive cultures where, where children can be comfortable knowing that you have their back no matter what problem they come to you with. Um, I think is really important. And I bet I, I guarantee that there are kids that you work with. And this goes for any, any PGA members, youth sports volunteers that are listening. I guarantee if you give, you let kids know 
interaction after interaction that you care that they will come to you with things one day. They might not come to you with a problem today or tomorrow or, or even this year, but they'll come to you with a question or let you know down the road that you made a difference in their life. And I think that's where coaching youth sports is really cool. So even though I'm not, I'm not teaching full time anymore, I still work in the youth sports world with the golf and schools programs and tournaments and PGA junior league. It's just all about creating opportunities for kids to learn. Um, it's why I love golf and schools. It's great. I get to, I get to say yes to, Holly, you used to, you've helped me a lot with the program and run it. So you get to say yes to providing free golf instruction to schools whose budgets are paper thin to begin with. They can't afford golf equipment and you can give them golf. You can give them golf equipment and provide kids an opportunity to learn something that's different. And you just, you never know who, you, who you're going to impact positively. I mean, I can go on about this forever, so I'm going to get myself to stop right now, but um, that's what I think is really cool about your uh, really cool about your programs, Gavin. And a lot of people can learn Thanks, from man. if they're following you on social is just like the intention behind what you do. It's not random. That's why I think the word influencer is funny. If you if you go out trying to be an influencer, you're not going to be an influencer. But if you go out and be be yourself and try to help and try to help people, you can accidentally back your way into a really important role. Yeah. So, Gavin. What are you most proud of in your coaching? Mm. That if you would ask like uh, any student, I think I've ever been fortunate enough to coach, I'm pretty sure for the most part, they would say, yo, Coach Gavin's always like this. Meaning that like there's a certain energy, there's a certain enthusiasm, there's a certain flow there's a certain essence, there's a certain spark, it's just a certain presence that's going to happen every time that's and it's apparent every single time we're doing something in golf. It's like, yo, Coach Gavin is, is like, he's got a lot of energy. And I just hope, like, if I die tomorrow, that's all this is. Like, yeah, Coach Gavin was fun. Coach Gavin was fun. Well, I can tell you, I have had a ton of fun getting to know you, talking with you, um, hearing about all of the the energy and vibe that you bring to your coaching, bring to your kids, your students. Um, so what a pleasure. Thank you.